welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine, And I'm Stephen. So welcome today to uh, an emergency podcast, um, I suppose. We wake up this morning, the world is waking up to the news that Russia has done a proper full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Um, so we thought it would be a good idea just to do a brief podcast about that and particularly for members of X, uh, all encompassing groups, I suppose, who have a very particular worldview, it can be a bit difficult and triggering at times. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the purpose of this, uh, of this podcast. So, um, do you want to talk about why you think some people might find it triggering this particular situation? Yeah, so I mean, I think there's for me, I think there's two two things to to say. One is, and we're not really going to get into the the politics of this particularly. I mean, obviously, I guess everybody has their own views about things, um, and I, I'm certainly, you know, quite clear about what I think about what Russia's doing and the, you know, the terrible mm-hmm. sight of troops moving into another country, but. I kind of don't want to get too embroiled in in all the politics, but I think for anybody, it's bound to be a bit anxiety-inducing. I mean, do you feel a bit anxious about it? Well, definitely. I mean, um, something that was asked to me recently by a friend was before this all happened, when it was just mm. looking like it was going to happen. Um, you know, sort of just sort of January time. Mm. They're like, should, should, should we be worried about this? Should we be <laughs> worrying about it? And I was like... Mm. Well, it's worrying, like it's a worrisome thing, it's concerning, but um, I suppose I don't know what our good uh, randos in our kitchen worrying about it's going to do, but um, it is concerning. Yeah, and I think that's completely normal and natural. So I suppose the first thing I would say is it's quite natural to feel concerned when you see, you know, geopolitics go in this direction. Um, I'm quite old, so I remember... Uh, quite a lot, a lot of these sorts of events. You know, I remember the first Iraq War. I remember the second Iraq War. Uh, I even remember the Falklands War, which was something that yeah. the UK um, got involved in <laughs> when I was just sixteen. Um, and I remember yeah. worrying about, oh, you know, if it lasts, uh, would I get called up? Um, mm. Especially being a Jehovah's Witness, because I wouldn't be able to go, so that would mean going to prison possibly. Mm-hmm. So all of that sort of went through my mind so I think it is completely natural to feel a bit nervous but I think you made a really good point there Celine which is um I mean we don't want to be completely oblivious to what's happening in the world but there's very little that we can do um to change or influence something like this as random civilians of the world exactly yeah Mm. sure you know um we can uh, get more active if we want to support um, action we can do that if we want to support anti-war movements we can do that um, you know so that it, depending on our point of view and, and where we stand we can encourage governments to do certain things so there are things we can do but I think you know the real realistically um, it's limited the influence that we individually can have Again, that's not to say that we shouldn't have an opinion and we shouldn't care about it. But I think just trying to have a balanced sort of approach saying that, you know, it's limited what we can do. 
So is it useful for us to catastrophize and imagine the very worst that can happen? Um, because, you know, the very worst could happen at any given time, but we cannot live mm. our lives by thinking about that. I suppose, um, yeah, I mean, that's what sort of COVID's had to yeah. teach us and we've had to do a lot more risk assessment of life than previous, I imagine, because mm. um, not in the way that we don't do it, but in the way that it's, um, well, the podcast, it won't have come out yet because this is an emergency pod, but the one we yeah. recorded yesterday, we're talking about... Um, uh, you know decision processes fast and slow thinking again mentioning mm. that and um i think you know day to day like getting in a car um you know just walking down the street next to you know busy traffic and things like that mm. you, these are all risk assessments that we've decided is That's fine right. um yeah. it's just that sometimes things happen that make us um, cognizant of those choices all of a sudden that's right we become much more aware don't we of those decisions mm-hmm. we have to make and you're right covid yeah. was one of those wasn't it mm-hmm. so leaving your house and mm. the potential that you might get a cold was not really something that we worried mm. about um because we're like well you know it's just a cold but when it became oh if you leave the house you might get covid mm. the risk assessment changed <laughs> so that's right that, yeah. that's i suppose the situation again but with a different thing but unfortunately with this sort of situation there isn't much that you can do at least with covid there was a bit more agency but with this we have to um yeah what do we have to do i don't know well uh, i guess you know as i said we if we feel strongly about one way or the other you know if we want our government to be stronger then we can um lobby our mp or your um your political representative of whatever sort they are your representative um to do that if you want if you're anti-war and you don't want to get involved at all um then you can do that i think that the the big likelihood is that um the west doesn't want to engage in any sort of armed conflict with russia and neither russia wants to engage in any armed conflict with the west um it's it ukraine sits outside of nato so um, I think the calculation is likely to be that the West will impose sanctions on Which I Russia. They've already done. They've done some, but I think there's more in the yeah. in the pipeline. Um, and yeah, that's that's likely to be this phase. Now, you know, anything can happen, of course, but then you know the the Earth could be struck by a meteorite any moment. So. Um, I think we have to get everything in balance. The the way that things seem currently are that um, it's horrible. There's going to be lots of life. Um, and it seems entirely uh, a very risky proposition for, for Putin and his own survival. For me, it's, um, it, it, you know, we know from history getting involved in wars um, can seem like you've got the overwhelming force, but when it comes to holding the ground, it can be very difficult. So it seems like quite a risky strategy all round, but I think the likelihood is that um, it will be limited in scope. Mm -hmm. But of course, it's dangerous and it's upsetting. And it's, um, of course, it's bound to make us feel anxious. But I'm trying to, I I guess, have a a kind of reasonable... uh, outlook about what's happening um, um 
Go on. I was going to say, I think it's uh, in, important maybe to mention that if you're feeling um, panic a bit from the XJW side or groups of the like because, oh, is this Armageddon? Because, you know, that we've yeah. talked about how people um, upon leaving have still had those fears because it's been drummed into you for so long. Mm. And, um, this will look like what they said. Um I try not to run away with that. I don't know what advice to give, really. I mean, from your from well, what from your point of view as someone that did leave. Yeah, I think this is one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this emergency podcast was because if you come from a a religion or a worldview, so this could apply to um, some of the conspiracy theories that we were talking to uh, Brent Lee about recently. But from my experience, you know, as a Jehovah's Witness, there was and is a whole complex worldview that tries to apply um, Bible stories and Bible events to modern day events. In fact, we talk about this on on an upcoming podcast when we talk about symbols. Um, So this is something that Jehovah's Witnesses have always done. They've looked at Bible prophecy or at least Bible dreams and things like that, and said, right, these things that happened back then, hundreds if not thousands of years ago, were prophecies relating to our time now. And this particularly relates to, uh, or this recently has been ramped up by Jehovah's Witnesses around this idea that what Russia is doing is signified by a character in the Bible called the King of the North. Um, So in Daniel, there is a prophecy about the King of the North and the King of the South fighting against each other. And essentially, Jehovah's people being, I suppose, in the middle of all of this. Um, And this is like one of the, the signs, if you like, that the end is coming according to Jehovah's Witness theology. And of course, they will, they are going to spin this. And if you have relatives, they may well be saying to you, oh, well, you know, this is it. This is Bible prophecy being fulfilled. But I just wanted to um, sign a note of reality here. The stance on who the king of the north is has only recently been established as Russia. Actually, who the king of the north was, according to Jehovah's Witnesses, um, in the first place, was Nazi Germany. And I'm going to read your little little um, clip Which from... Which does not surprise me in that... No. Um, but also should hopefully give some... <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to read a little bit from, the, from one of the publications from the Watchtower of 1960. Um... It says the age-long conflict between the symbolic king of the north and the king of the south, foretold in Daniel's prophecy, chapter 11, has now entered the 20th century of our Christian era. On January the 1st, 1871, the German Empire was re-established and shortly it formed a triple alliance or Dreibund, Dreibund with Austria-Hungary and the Kingdom of Italy. On the other hand, in 1882, the British Empire established virtual control over the land of Egypt. Thus, the Anglo-American dual world power, in effect, stepped into the shoes of the King of the South. AD 1914, war broke out between the two kings. 
Regarding this, Daniel 11.29 prophesied that it would not now be the same for the king of the north as it had been in former times, for now he was but a second-rate power, and he faced not only a first-rate power, the Anglo-American dual world power, but also the kingdom of God established in heaven in 1914. Now, so this is establishing that Germany was the king of the north, and with the other, with its allies, Italy and the Austria, Austria-Hungary Empire, and uh, Anglo-American world power was the king of the south. And they go further. So, commenting on this lack of sameness with former times, the angel said to Daniel, "But they will come against him, the ships of Kittim, and he will become faint-hearted and return, and will rage against the holy covenant, and he will do it, and he will return and have an understanding with those that forsake the holy covenant." Although armed with the second largest navy and many destructive U-boats, again referring to Germany, the king of the north proved no match for the ships of Kittim that came against him. These were not literally ships of Cyrus, so the ancient ships of Kittim were ships of Cyrus the Great. The ancient Kittim, although on November the 5th, 1914, Great Britain annexed the island of Cyprus to keep pro-German Turkey out. According to the Jewish historian Josephus, the term Kittim was applied not only to Cyprus, but also to the coast of Italy. Interestingly, Italy joined the warring Britain in 1915, according to the Treaty of London, and thus put her own Roman navy alongside that of the King of the South. But the ships of Kittim were at first mainly the great British navy. So, if you are relying on Jehovah's Witnesses to interpret bible prophecy about who the king of the north and the king of the south are and the details that go as much in in as much detail as who the ships of kittim are then you're putting your store in a set of bible prophecies that have been changed over and over again of course they don't believe that anymore that's nothing to do with it anymore now the king of the north is russia Before Russia, the king of the north was the Soviet Union, the communist Soviet Union. And that's an element that they make a big deal of as well. Once the communist Soviet Union collapses, then the society don't quite know what to say about it. So they don't really say much about it until fairly recently when Russia starts to persecute Jehovah's Witnesses. And then essentially they become again identified as the king of the north. This is not prophecy. This is not prophecy. That is not how prophecy works. You don't watch world events, then apply a Bible script or any sort of script and say, oh, this means this and this means that. No, what prophecy does is it says something's going to happen and in detail and then you see it happen. This is not prophecy. So Jehovah's Witnesses will claim this is prophecy, but it is not. It is looking at the Bible, trying to find things that you think meets your agenda and fitting it in with that. And then claiming, oh, isn't it amazing? Look at this. The Bible is prophesying this all those years ago. How did they know? They didn't. Mm. (laughs) So it's really important that anybody that's had a little bit of a wobble listening to what Jehovah's Witnesses are saying, and believe you me, 
They will continue to say it and they're going to step up their rhetoric. But this is spinning it because they have changed their mind about who the King of the North is on numerous occasions. Mm. You can't apply Bible prophecy by looking at what's happening in the world and then trying to fit it to suit your purposes. Mm. So I think it's really important. It's one of the main reasons I wanted to do this emergency podcast because I know some witnesses, maybe if you're quite new, out of the religion, you might even come under pressure from friends and relatives saying, oh, look, you know, look at this. The society were right. Uh, No, society changed their minds many times about this. And this is the latest. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens in Russia, whatever happens in Ukraine, this has got nothing to do with Bible prophecy. This is about geopolitics. This is about wars which have happened throughout history and unfortunately will continue to happen until as a human race we grow up and are able to resolve our problems by talking instead of doing this sort of nonsense. Mm. Well, there we go. We've had a dressing down from, <laughs> from Dad this morning. Well, I really wanted to say that. You know, um, uh, this podcast isn't about me ranting, but I think it's really important that that, that is said. And I'm sure other people are going to say this as well, um, ex-Jehovah's Witnesses on different formats and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to add um, add my voice to that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, of course, it's it's horrible. It's and it's bound to make us feel anxious, but it has nothing to do with Bible prophecy. It has everything to do with, um, I guess, a tyrant who has decided for reasons that I can't really understand that now is the time to start war in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, Russia has been a rogue state for some time. It's been responsible for a lot of the uh, the divisions that that have been generated throughout, you know, various countries, trying to destabilize countries. And in a way, it, it's a wake up call. I think it's it's upsetting, it's worrying, but this is not Bible prophecy being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think you've said what needs to be said? Well, I've said what I want to say. What about you? Have you? Um, is there anything you want to say? Well, I started off really with the, you know, I think I start. I started as off in the territory yeah. I know. Um, sure. I think we're out of my known territory now. Really, um, sure. I don't know about all of these prophecies. I was not raised with um, no. Bible prophecy. Um, yeah. So I think yeah, I've, I've voiced yeah. at the beginning. Okay, well, so yeah, um, thank you for listening. And, um, you know, if you want to reach out, that's absolutely fine. Um, Let's, uh, you know, let's put pressure on our uh, political leaders to do the right things, whatever we believe that to be. And um, yeah, we'll see you again on our next podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. think about is an evil sheep production.